I'm Sean Lukasik, and this is the Urban Corning Podcast. Living in a small town sometimes means greater exposure and vulnerability for marginalized communities. But last year in Corning, the very first Corning Pride event celebrating our LGBTQ community here in the Southern Finger Lakes was a huge success. This year, because of COVID-19, they can't hold the same event, but it would have taken place this weekend. So I wanted to talk with the organizers of Corning Pride, which is now its own nonprofit organization, about some of the things that they've been doing virtually, um, some of the ways that our local community can help, and how the LGBTQ community is even reaching out to the Black Lives Matter movement um, to tie together uh, some of the efforts that are happening all across the Southern Tier. So you're going to hear almost exclusively from the members of the Corning Pride Council and uh, members of the LGBTQ community here in Corning. And um, I hope you really enjoy their stories and their efforts as much as I do and take to heart some of the recommendations and suggestions they make for participating in Pride this year, um, for being an ally to the LGBTQ community, and for looking forward to next year. Just before we begin, I want to say thank you to Sarah, Amanda, Hannah, and Ethan, who all spent a great deal of time talking with me about Corning Pride um, and talking to me about what makes this community so special. Hi, my name is Amanda Lee. I am one of the founders of Corning Pride, and I also am a Corning Pride board member. I'm Hannah Jones, uh, one of the co-founders of Corning Pride and the vice president of the board currently. Uh, my name is Sarah Blagg. Um, I am the president of the board for Corning Pride and one of the co-founders of the event. My name is Ethan Brady. Uh, I'm 22 years old. I grew up in Corning, New York, and I don't know, I love the place to death and I do a bunch of, you know, a bunch of random things. <laughs> At first, we were hoping for maybe like 100 people in the months to come. We were just hoping for that. And what we saw just blew our mind. It was definitely um, one of like, if I had to choose like uh, like a day of my life, you know, or, or rank the days of my life or anything like that, it would be top five, top three days of my life. It was everything that Pride was supposed to be about. And, you know, uh, the participation was like more than anyone expected. We had a variety of ages from little children all the way up to older folks that were there hanging out and having fun. Um, it was just a really beautiful day. And we really wanted to keep that energy going for this year. And it's cool. And it's, and it's awesome because it's, I don't even think 10 years ago that, or maybe even five years ago that it would have been incredibly likely for something like this to happen in this town. I think that, I think that this town has grown so fast, so quickly, and it's become such a beautiful, wonderful place for people. We had planned some really great ways that the festival itself would be adapted for this year um, to accommodate the larger crowd that we got and um, to incorporate some bigger and better 
things as well. Yeah, all of us have mourned the event uh, once COVID hit. We made the executive decision to postpone our in-person festival until further notice, just out of the health and safety of our community members. So I'm, you know, feeling disappointed that we weren't able to do it, but um, obviously it was the right thing to do. And we're, we've still been excited to offer virtual events. We've had events th- virtually throughout the whole month. Hopefully folks have tuned in. Last night, the Rockwell um, held a Pride Happy Hour. We did a virtual drag story time, and that I think has probably been the most popular event so far. It has felt, I guess, kind of less exciting to plan a series of events virtually than it would have been to plan a big weekend, um, knowing that people have been pleased with how it's gone um, is really fulfilling. Another one is our trans empowerment event. One of our youth actually is going to run that. So really excited on Monday, June 22nd at 4.30 p.m. And you can DM us on the Instagram uh, page for that or again, Facebook. Those are kind of our two platforms right now for all the events going on. We have seen a lot of interaction with our posts. We try to stay um, very up to date on our feed and stay really interactive on our feed for Facebook and Instagram. Um, but it, it's there's only so much you can do to try and captivate audiences when everybody's really like zoomed out and tired of doing stuff virtually. So it's a hard uh, time this June in general, especially with everything else going on uh, with the protests and us really being involved with that as much as we can too. So I guess a lot of different emotions come up for all of us as founders and as board members uh, coming into this weekend. You know, I think the biggest way that I've seen people celebrate Pride uh, this month has just been, um, you know, participating in all of the Black Lives Matter protests and signing those petitions and, you know, spreading information about, you know, Juneteenth and all that, because Pride was, you know, Pride was born out of revolution and revolt like that what and and it was truly started by you know a trans woman of color and the mission of pride has always been both to create that safe space to show that pride to thank those that came before us but also to unify as a community and and work to, uh, you know, work towards fixing the problems that we know that we have. Even though uh, we ourselves, uh, the three of us, the women that run it, are not women of color, we so we've been trying to take a step back this month. Uh, we believe what Marsha P. Johnson said, right? There's no pride for any of us if not, there's not liberation for everyone. So we've been taking a back seat. We did, as you mentioned, cancel. We were going to have a car parade. We did not think it was time to celebrate because it's time to stand up to liberate. So we canceled the car parade and we wanted to figure out how we could stand in solidarity and how we could show our support for the Black Lives Matter movement, um, aside from just going to protests and rallies ourselves and sharing their information. Um, and we've all seen a lot of yard signs around for um, high school seniors or members of the marching band, all that kind of stuff. Um, and so we wanted to... Um, create our own yard signs that would show that we stand in solidarity with the movement and that we acknowledge the history of the LGBTQ movement as well. And I hope that folks uh, show up for our stuff, but also show up for um, those identities and for Black Lives Matter. So I hope that the community keeps coming together and showing up 
all of the proceeds from the sales, I'm not sure what the yard size will be priced at yet, but all the proceeds will be donated to the, um, the local Black Lives Matter organization from Elmira. Um, I believe they had a recent name change and they're now called Color of Reform and Empowerment. Throughout the years, I became more involved in being an ally and learning more about what that means and how to help and where my help can be used and how I can support. Um, And then one day, Hannah just said, hey, I want to do a Corning Pride. Are you in? And I was like, sure, that sounds fun. Yeah. So it started back when I was working at Planned Parenthood. My boss at the time said, does, is there anything pride-wise in, in this area that happens for, you know, celebration-wise? Because I am a queer woman, so I kind of thought about it, and I'm not from the area. I'm a transplant, so I thought, I was like, you know, I don't think so. You know, I know, I feel like I have lived in the community long enough to know that this is a really compassionate, loving community that prides itself on looking after its citizens. We all really want to show our empathy. And I think that we around here have a lot of empathy as a community. So if anybody's been down Market Street this year, this the past few weeks in June, if they've noticed a rainbow windsock outside of a Market Street business, they are active supporters of LGBTQ folks and pride festivals. Even the high school is a complete completely different place than I think it was even when I started going there when I was a freshman. And, you know, a lot of that I think actually has to do with the combine. Um, I, I think combining the high schools was a really big step. I wasn't, I actually wasn't out until the high schools combined. Um, and that was honestly, I think a small part of the reason it was just, there was suddenly so many people and they were all so different um, than, than each other. It's really close to my heart because I am part of the community, but also I saw a need. Uh, and it's not just about celebration, right? It's about resources and education. And we just became a nonprofit. So we hope to move in that direction more and more of holding groups, youth groups, but also adult groups and uh, kind of filling a need in the Southern tier in general. I'm really excited about the Pride by Mail program. The Pride by Mail program, folks can nominate a youth or a friend or someone in their life that could use a little pick-me-up from Corning Pride, and we'll send them a lovely letter filled with resources and fun things to watch and to do, um, and includes some really fun Pride swag, like who doesn't love buttons and free stickers, and some passes, free passes to the Rockwell Museum. And one other thing we include in there was a chance to be involved in the regional pen pal program. So we're trying to start a fun letter sending program among the youth in this other tier. You can nominate a youth uh, that just needs like a supportive message from us or wants to have a pen pal in the area. But I think the other way people can help, especially since um, everything's virtual, is by like showing support via social media. We continuously show or put out educational material of how to be an ally, how to learn about our privilege, uh, because we're consistently doing that too, right? We're not all of the identities. Uh, so we're consistently learning and improving how to be an ally. It's a lifelong educational process. Being open about the fact that they are allies and this is what allyship means to them and that they're committed to, to being allies, that they're not willing to overlook misogyny or sexism or homophobia that they might see in their 
in their personal lives. Um, you know, those can be uncomfortable conversations, but we have to have them. I'm a huge supporter of the LGBTQ community as a straight ally, and I use my privilege to support them in any way that I can. Ethan shared an incredible story about how allyship and vulnerability can really help people in the LGBTQ and marginalized communities. And I wanted to share that story right now in its entirety. You know, when I started high school, there were several guys, you know, that came to school almost daily in in dresses. They were very much ostracized for that and didn't have a lot of friends. And they know they're said to be, you know, these weirdos who wore dresses. But then by the time that I was a senior and these guys were seniors in my class, the freshmen that year had were not at all privy to the fact that the people in our class were so horrible to these guys with dresses. All they saw were these seniors that were four years older than them that were that felt comfortable and safe enough to wear dresses to school. So I think now, you know, and, and, and that's kind of just the way that things grow like that anyway. But now, I mean, there are so many people that have become so, you know, so many people, especially trans people I have seen um, that have become so comfortable in the school um, with their gender identity and expressing their gender identity. That's just, that's the work of people in the community. That's the work of the people that are planning things like Pride. That's the work of um, the parents of anyone that's in the queer community, you know, supporting them so that they can be beacons for other people. That's the work of the guys that wore dresses to high school, even though they were getting ostracized. You know, it's so wonderful because we are raising, you know, our town is going to be raising children that are so compassionate and conscious of you know, of the world, you know, of the world and it's, and all of its challenges and all of its blessings and wonders. And we're going to be able to send, you know, all of those people out into the world and they're going to hopefully be able to try and enact similar changes, you know, wherever they end up. We had so much planned for this year and I think the good part is that because everybody who was scheduled to be involved in person was so understanding and so enthusiastic about potential involvement, um, you know, they're more than happy to to stay safe and to do their part to keep the community safe and in that way participate next year instead. Even though I can't see everyone this year, I feel incredibly lucky to have a community that's still asking how they can participate, still showing up to events, still nominating folks to get love this month from us. Uh, So I'm excited for the next festival because I think it'll be even bigger. We have high hopes for 2021 being a really awesome fun event. Thank you so much again to Sarah, Amanda, Hannah, and Ethan for spending so much time talking about their work and their experiences. And thank you to this entire community that just um, continues to make me and so many other people proud every day. Um, You can check out Urban Corning on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Share your thoughts about this episode and and let me know what you want to hear about in coming episodes as well. Have a great weekend.